What's up, guys? Hey, welcome back to the Chist Ascendancy, a Star Wars podcast, Star Wars Thoughts from Wild Space. This is episode six, and maybe you're wondering, what's all this right in front of my face? Well, each of these authors has something to do with something really cool, new, and important, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about the recently announced new line uh, in the chronological line of things that are going to be released upcoming in Star Wars. Um, and this is the High Republic. They're yep. also calling it Project Luminous. Yeah, Project Luminous was kind of like the FBI code name. And so they've taken the cover mm -hmm. off, and uh, the High Republic is the official yep. uh, what we're doing. Okay, so we're going to jump into that today, break some concept art down, stuff like that, and uh, we'll go from there. All right? Here Let's we go. out from right in front of my face, is we're going to uh, kind of watch and react to uh, Star Wars released a High Republic announcement trailer. And so it's basically a sizzle reel, nothing, no new film, Yeah. Um, but it's a very cool inside look into uh, the thought process behind Project Luminous, aka the High Republic, and kind of how they arrived at this place. Right. So we're going to watch that and then we'll break it down. And I think it's... Though there's no new footage, you know, no new scenes that I was like, are they already shooting stuff? Because they yeah. actually haven't announced any films or anything. Yeah, so uh, this is, for those of you who are, uh, you know, the ca more casual fan or haven't really dived, you know, dove, dove divin, dived. <laughs> if you haven't uh, dived into uh, this concept, basically, uh, they said for this little chunk of time, they want to put books, comics, mm -hmm. the literature side of Star Wars back at the forefront. Yeah. And uh, that's really exciting for me personally. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of fans out there that they like the movies and that's all they know. And that's totally cool. That's your thing. Uh, but I know for Samuel and me, we both really, really love the books. Right. And some of the best books have come from those periods of time in between. You know, you yeah. had the Thrawn trilogy, which was what brought Star Wars back to the forefront of everyone's minds mm -hmm. in the early 90s after Return of the Jedi was done. And then all the Legends stuff, you know, are probably our favorite series, especially our favorite singular book is Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. Right. And that was born out of a time after Revenge of the Sith was gone and done, and we didn't think there was any more Star Wars. And so something that Alex from Star Wars Explained mentioned is that everything that's been published since Disney purchased uh, Lucas is that everything's kind of been towards these movies mm -hmm. you know whether it's even if it's a different era because of rogue one or solo everything's kind of pushed towards the movies that are coming out and so now we're getting content that is just there for its own sake and i think that'll be uh maybe not better i don't want to like you know poo poo on the stuff that we've gotten because we've got some really good stuff but i think it will help it's a it's a clean completely clean slate we've never talked about this time before and so we're excited so let's watch this thing let's do it Cool jingle bells. Mm 
we're finding ourselves at a very exciting moment with the Skywalker saga coming to an end. We're at a place of what's next for Star Wars. I'm glad that that's how they feel about it. Able to use our franchise platforms to explore the creative potential of the Star Wars galaxy. And so what if publishing was more of an incubation place and bring in great talent and just let their imaginations run free? Jealous. We put together the really unique writers' room where we had diverse voices with very different opinions about Star Wars. We all love Star Wars, but we're all coming in from very different places. This has been a very free environment for everybody to just throw things out. There she is, the master. We've all done lots of storytelling, but this is unique and really special. The idea that this thing has been simmering for so long. Mm -hmm. It's the secret history of the, of the galaxy. Yep, it goes way back to the beginning of Star Wars. We gave them essentially a, a blank slate. What would you like to tell? For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were guardians of peace and justice. A line that we've been hearing since 1977. And we thought, you know, what does that look like? Hmm. It is a golden age where there's much more peace and calm in the galaxy. So we're calling it the High Republic. The description that we've used for the Jedi of this era is that they are the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. There's another cross guard. Mm -hmm. But Star Wars looks isn't like it might just be the same And we will tell stories of new smugglers, new scoundrels, new bounty hunters. The threat and the tension really comes from the Republic's borders because the Republic does not extend from one side of the galaxy to the other. It's a bit of a Wild West new frontier. We see a different kind of Jedi that patrols the frontiers and is more of a Texas Ranger. We're in. We're now bringing in concept <laughs> artists, illustrators, and visualists. Chuck? The same way that you yeah. would when making a movie. We even had Ian McKay come down and just do sketch after sketch for us. When you have a guy who designed the look for Darth Maul sketching Jedi for you, it doesn't get any cooler than this. Sick. The scale of this initiative is really new for us. We're going to have stories for adults and teens and kids. We're building this out simultaneously across multiple publishers. It gives us the ability to tell vast interconnected stories across multiple years. There will be a core group of heroes that will expand over time. There'll be villains. Was that a evil Gungan? I was gonna say, what if we get a bad, like bad Gungan? Space Vikings. Depending upon your can't point of view, they're all terrible. We can take it from you. <laughs> There's the guy that plays in freaking Jabba's palace. Our story starts with what we're calling the Great Disaster. It wouldn't be Star Wars without adventure, and there's definitely a series of events that will spin the galaxy into a dangerous new direction and it'll give the opportunity for heroes to rise up. The cool thing about this is that there's going to be a story for every Star Wars fan. It's really fun to be able to keep readers on their toes. This era is ripe for storytelling. The Eureka mm -hmm. moment was the question, what scares the Jedi? And that made us all go, ooh, something wicked Sand. this way comes. <laughs> well, all right. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got a little list of things to get to. So, um, let's just unpack what we were thinking. I, we tried to talk as little as we could. <laughs> I had to say something about Sam, but... Um, so what are your thoughts, Samuel, about what we see? 
I, I do like that they're excited about this period of time because it's definitely a glass half full perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and I thought, I think my favorite takeaway, you know, barring all, you know, what I want to speculate about the upcoming content or how they want to expand on this concept of the Jedi Knights of the Round Table because just mythologically, that's, you know, a huge statement. Sure. But uh, I liked that their thought was take it back to the very first thing we ever heard about the Jedi. Right. And then build from there. I think that's a beautiful idea. Throw the thousand generations. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Um, and it really shows that there's like integrity in their story building. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, it's a thoughtful perspective. They're not just trying to crap out content. You know, they're right. trying to build something worthwhile. They're trying to build mm -hmm. something that will be substantive. You know, it's not just, they're trying, exactly. They're not just trying to do seven, eight, nine, you know, crap them out there. Put a solo movie while we're waiting, you know, put a Rogue One movie while we're waiting, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously I love those movies. But my point is they're trying to build something new, and I enjoy the idea that there are no expectations tied to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're giving us things that obviously they're excited about, so we're going to be excited about because those are the things they're hyping up. Right. But at the same time, we have no idea where this is going. We have no idea... You know, right. beyond some of the names and the concept artists and the authors, you know, we, mm. we don't know where it's going. So those are things I'm really excited about just because it's uh, new ground. I'm always, like, if I see a hill, I'm always wondering what's on the other side of it. And then I'll yeah. see what's on the other side of it. And I'll wonder what's on the other side of that. You know, I'm just like, I'm constantly like, you know, what's up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what this is for me, conceptually. Yeah. I think um, I have so many questions. Yeah. But uh, I really like that they are, uh, they're talking about the High Republic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my immediate thought is, now that I'm thinking about it, my immediate thought is, if this is the High Republic, and this mm -hmm. is the peak, this is the peak, this is the paramount that we've gotten to, does everything end on a downward note? See, and that's does what that makes sense? Like, yeah, no, I definitely hear what you're saying. If this is the peak, and 200 years later we get the Phantom Menace, right. and it's not the peak, you know, right down. Well, and I There's think a shroud of the dark side. You know what I'm saying? Is there a yeah. downward trend? I think maybe it, it, it's because um, obviously that was po cool. political unrest leading up to Episode One. Um, but I think that Episode One itself really um, demonstrates the drop. You know what I mean? Like um, it is. That's you know the the step down from the High Republic. But I am excited to see. Um, the Jedi at their best, you know what right. I mean? Because especially as a kid, the Jedi are hyped up. They're talked about, you know, like as what you would aspire to be if mm -hmm. you're a Star Wars fan. Um, but here lately, the Jedi have kind of gotten, um, a poo -poo. yeah, like you, it's like you meet your heroes and you're disappointed where yeah. they're like, yeah. they're actually, you know, kind of selfish or they're actually, you know, they're kind of prideful or, you know, they yeah. think so much of themselves that like that was their greatest downfall. Yeah. It's interesting because we've, the, the original trilogy just mm -hmm. builds up, like, the legend of who the Jedi are. Um, but really, you see cool things, but you spend a lot of time looking at, straight, you know, staring straight in the face of the, of the bad side, of the, of the fallacy side of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And we never really get to see, like, Yoda's super powerful. Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, all those guys super powerful. But we never really get to see them at their full potential because mm -hmm. there's a giant wet curtain of dark side right. over them the entire time. And then once the um, the prequel trilogy was done, you get Clone Wars and you know you kind of get to see some cool action. But as far as their potential, 
then you get to episode seven and Ray doesn't really know what she's doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, you get to the very end of episode seven and you see Luke and you're like, now we're getting to the nitty gritty Yeah. and you buckle up and it's like time to unbuckle the movie's <laughs> over and you're like, oh, I just buckled up. And then you wait two years and Luke Skywalker hates everyone and everything and I get that they're portraying the human side of Luke, but it was just kind of like, we only have him for so long. There's only two more movies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see some crazy stuff. And, um, you know, the force projection was really cool, but he's definitely like, he's still hurting. He's still not himself. And then you kind of get some good Jedi stuff in mm-hmm. Nine from Ray, And, of course, the force ghosts and the voices and things like that. Um, but maybe these characters are going to just be on a different level if they're at their peak. Yeah, I have, and now that especially since, like, movie technology is so far and, like, for fighting choreography has come so far, I would yeah. love to see the kind of stuff that you read about, you know, with Revan or Satil Shan, you know, just, like, this otherworldly powerful Jedi with, right. like, the best of intention. Right. Revan, obviously, spoken of loosely in that, in that <laughs> regard, but... Uh, that I'm, I'm he's just, good whenever he has his memory wiped, right? <laughs> um, Speaking of new releases stuff, mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that I mean we talked about this. You know, we didn't want to have to make another rendering for Revan's face, but I thought it was interesting that they put Revan with the Jedi robes with his helmet because for his the new Life Series figure, yeah, because his helmet kind of you know just represented everything that was. For him, his dark side, like he was scared to even touch right. it for a while. I think that one of the reasons that they did that was because that series, the the heavy battle droid Revan, and now just recently revealed as the 501st, or not 501st, the Stormtrooper Commander from mm-hmm. Force Unleashed. Um, the blue and white got me there for a second. But the, that line is a GameStop exclusive, and those are called gaming greats. Yeah. And so I think the reason that he has his mask is because in the game Galaxy of Heroes, it's a Star Wars game on your phone, um he has the light robes with his mask. Gotcha. So the the lack of continuity, or I guess, right. honestly, at this point, whatever they say is now yeah. the truth. I don't know. But I just kind of... I know what you're yeah. saying. Anyway. All they had to do was go get a John Wick right. toy. All, all that aside, anyway, not not what we came to talk about. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited with that. Uh, I think it's kind of cool that they, looking at some of the concept art for the Nile... Uh, the masks and stuff, I, I play Borderlands a lot, mm. so that's kind of what I think of. I think of... Yeah, very uh, Mad Max looking. Yeah, just kind of like apocalyptic, you know, like goggles, masks, kind of like the bad guys from uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, I'm, it's just like uh, steampunk, you know what I mean? It's yep, been, it's been unpacked for a very long Space time. Space Vikings. And you made a really good point. It's going to be interesting, and this is what is going to be really cool about books side of things, mm-hmm. is that you can just... Spend two pages describing right why these guys well, are the then, way they are, but we've already had space pirates, right? Space there's pirates Hondo, and thing. then in Resistance, you haven't seen Resistance yet, um, but there's a whole group that's like very ragtag, yeah. you know, heavy metal spikes on their shoulder pads, guys, you know, made up of Quarren and Quintessions and <laughs> crap like that, and so every pirate it's going to be very really. interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. What makes these guys stand out? Right. Well, that that's when I heard Space Pirates. I was like, or Space Vikings, rather. I'm just like, it's... Yeah. And? You know, so I, I'm interested to see the differentiating factor, especially since when they were announcing them, they are like, we wanted to make them very different from the Empire yeah. and the First Order. And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Because um, <coughs> they're not at all the same thing. Right. But 
also, you know, I just, I, I want to see what the difference maker is. Yeah. When I first heard it, I thought maybe it was going to be like a whole new species almost, you know, like with the Thrawn uh, trilogy, we've the got Gris, the Brisk, they're being unpacked. And the Legends, you have the Yuzhen Fong. Exactly. But it's so, not a species, it's yeah, a group. It's a group. And I saw that and I was like, ah, you know, yeah. so. But I trust them. Yeah. If there's five people I trust, it's these five. Right. Justina Ireland is going to be called a test of courage. A test of courage. And so uh, the picture, I'm going to go ahead and, sorry, I'm pulling my phone out. Uh, <laughs> it I'm looks, going to go ahead and um, look at this. Uh, it looks more more cartoonish, more yeah. along the lines of uh, what we would see in Resistance. Super cool, though. Um, you've got at least two Jedi. One looks like Gamora here in the front. Mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Homeboy with a cape there in the middle. And then there's a couple of, looks like non-Jedi. And then in the corner there, you've got... You got the lightsaber droid. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Um, so that's really neat. I think it's cool they brought him back since he was talking about how, you know, like he'd a thousand generation for, of Jedi. Yep. He'd been around for a bajillion years. Um, so she's doing that middle grade, so that, you know, elementary, middle school age. I guess young adults is middle school. So that elementary age book. Um, so that's Miss Justina Ireland. So she's part one. And then um, next is uh, Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray, she's going to be doing Into the Dark, um, which I like this title just because for me there's something cathartic about watching uh, some dark powers just get unleashed. Right. I, I assume it's just uh, an allusion to the dark that they'll be battling, but right. uh, I like the title. I love Claudia's work. Uh, All I need to say is this. Yeah. And if you're just listening to audio, I just held up Lost Stars, which was a young adult book uh, released on the way to The Force Awakens. Amazing, amazing book. I remember thinking, I don't want to buy this because it's a young adult book. And I just thought it was going to be for kids. Yeah. Um, and then I kept hearing good things, good things, good things. So I bought it, read it, listened to it. It was fantastic. Um, and then next, uh, I think most recently, she wrote Master and Apprentice. I think I've read that book three times now. And so I loved it. It's really, really good. Uh, the audio version, of course, is very good as well. But that kind of breaks down Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship, mm -hmm. our two favorite Jedi. Yeah. Um, and so she's going to be doing Into the Dark. It looks like a young adult novel as well. Uh, and so she always, always does a fantastic job. So she's, yeah. she's at the top of my Based list. Based on the cover art and her past work, it's going to be somewhere between young adult and adult. Right. Um, but since they've specifically said that they're trying to reach an audience, it's probably going to be young adult. Right. Um, and then the last one, writing a novel. Well, let's kind of, let's save that one for last, because that's the that's newest, that's the first one coming out. Okay. So we can really break it down. Um, moving on to comics, uh, I think it's Cavan, is that you say Kevin it? C-A-V-A-N. Scott is writing uh, Star Wars, The High Republic. Yeah. Um, and it's got comic. kind of some, uh, some interesting stuff going on. Yeah. It's very, um, like you said, very steampunk. Yeah, we Cover. got, you know, a, a Twi'lek over here on the right, on the left. Looks kind of like a Zabrak, but... You can't really tell. You can't. There's no way. And you can't tell because uh, they're wearing, for those of you especially who are just doing audio, um, they're just wearing uh, these crazy masks. And at the press conference that they did a couple of days ago, they said that the, the masks are very much a part of the gang. It's a yeah. big part of who they are. So I'm sure they'll unpack that a bit. Um, but the work on this is amazing. Uh, in my experience, I know Kevin Scott is kind of a uh, 
comics kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main experience with Kevin Scott is Dooku Jedi Lost. Which was great. Which was so good. It was written as an audio drama. Mm-hmm. But I liked it so much by listening to it that I actually went and bought the paper version. Yeah, which I think... Um, which has was, a super cool layout where yeah. it's, it's laid out like a play almost. Yeah. Like an audio drama. Yeah, very much like a it. cursed child. So, yeah. Very, very cool. And so he's going to be doing that. And then Daniel Jose Older... Is going to be doing. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, it says the High Republic, but it's. I think it's differentiators adventures. Yeah, and um, so this one looks a little bit more young adult. Yeah, for sure. And um, there's a little bit more because there's some of the. It's what's being printed, but it looks conceptual in the fact that there's some writing. There's some. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of looks. It reminds me of the art style of Avatar: Last Airbender. Uh, yeah, pretty in similar. Comics. Pretty similar. A little the, bit more realistic. It looks, but the the classic, like especially in the comic style, it reminds me of. It looks like it's drawn on old paper mm-hmm. with a dip, you know, with an ink pen. Yeah. Uh, so that's super cool. Something that I noticed, and maybe I am just swinging from left field here. Yeah. But um, if you can see this picture, I'm sure we'll. You can look it up. But Star Wars: uh, The High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older. There's a character here on the left, and... Yeah, it looks like they're calling him Farzala. Farzala. Which, now, here's the thing. <laughs> You're really close to a pre-existing character from the Bane novel. Right. Jedi uh, Farfalla. Mm-hmm. And Farfalla was the, very unique yeah. because he was a hybrid of a Bothan and a human. And so the reason that I have a specific interest in this is yeah. obviously because we haven't seen a dadgum both in, in canon yet, so that sucks. Mm-hmm. But Farzala one, that name is super close. Super close. So Farfala. Yeah. And also, he looks like a dadgum both. He looks like he could be a Havzies. Um, he also maybe looks, though, like he He's could got, like, be... like the cat ears um, with the little beard. What species is Zeb? What are they called? Oh, the, uh, man, you put me on the spot. He's way too small to be one of those, though. But I'm saying if he was one of those and a Bothan. Maybe. Because Zeb's not furry either, so. You can't really tell by the animation. He looks kind of furry. This guy looks furry for sure. Yeah. Um, man, what is Zeb? God dang it, you did that to me. Um, so, I know his full name is Gerzeb Aurelius, um, Lassat. Lasat. He does kind of have the ears of a Lasat. Yeah, but that's the nose what, is different. Exactly, but dang, maybe, maybe he's like, know, he looks kind of feline to me. Maybe he's like some sort of like double halves. He's both in Lasat work. Human. He's got a human nose. We're gonna get into got that. the fur. Uh, I don't know. It's Star Wars. Okay, so lastly, I know we kind of went novels, comics, back to novels, but lastly, yeah. So we've got uh, Charlie Gray. Justine Ireland and Charles Soule is writing what I what appears to me to be like the headliner. Yeah. So Charles um, Soule, what's cool about him is he is very much a comics guy. Mm-hmm. Charles Soule wrote, uh, when the comics were first coming out under Marvel for Star Wars, he wrote the five-piece Lando comic. Um, and this of the little short comics, the little five-piecers, uh, was my favorite. Just super cool, super crazy looking, just, just all kinds of stuff. So if you haven't read this, I encourage you to get it. But Charles Soule wrote this. Charles Soule is the author behind um, The Rise of Kylo Ren. So parts one through three are out. Part four is coming out next month. And it's, uh, or this month in March. Um, 
And so he is just fantastic. And so I'm very interested to see what he does with the novel. Yes. Uh, but since Kevin Scott is comics-based and he wrote Dooku, Jedi Lost, which was an amazing write, uh, so I'm very interested. Yeah, I, I, I really want to look at this one. And uh, as far as we know, I think this is the one we have the most information about. Um, because he's kind of given us, uh, first of all, cover art super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that they're bringing in, you know, we saw the yellow lightsaber, um, right. you know, obviously at the end of Rise of Skywalker. But uh, while we're talking about Farfalla, kind of, he had a golden lightsaber, which to me is a different description than yellow. Mm. Um, but if you look in the concept art by Phil Noto, mm-hmm. um, it's the same Twi'lek that's on the cover of uh, Light oh, of the Jedi, like and that. it looks way more golden. This Twi'lek looks green, and on Light of the Jedi, man, it's kind of hard to tell. It's like a greenish blue. Yeah, it's it's this. I think it's the same guy, especially since it's like the exact same lightsaber color. Mm. Um, Look at that guy's weird like. I can't tell if it's part of his clothes or if he has a crazy, like, a musketeer cover on his handle. You see that? Hoomst. The Twi'lek. Look, right here. I'm looking. It's like a musketeer cover on his on his handle. Yeah, freak it. I can't tell. Um, but from, I guess we'll go right to left from this concept art from Phil Noto. Um, yeah, looks definitely, uh, right? Definitely a handguard. A little handguard. On the far right, you've got a weird-looking, uh, almost like a black lightsaber. I assume it's not the dark saber, but super cool. The so next to that uh, individual is a looks like a Trandoshan. Trandoshan. So that would be super cool. Uh, two Zabrax back to back. I think then, they're going to be twin brothers. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, it does look like they're very similar. And then you've got, I guess, it looks like a Powan, same species as the Grand Inquisitor. And he's got a double-bladed green lightsaber, so that's dope. Human in the middle. Twi'lek now going left with that cool golden lightsaber. Um, cool hipster Jedi there that's too cool to ignite his lightsaber <laughs> like everybody else. He's just kind of like floating it in midair. Yeah, that's holding it. And then you've got... I can't... That doesn't look like a human. The next two look kind of like a, like a very humanoid but different species. And then Samuel, you pointed out... Yeah, chick far left, she looks like she has a light side version of Dark Ray's double blade lightsaber that's that's like collapsed in half right now. It's got those two thinner blades right close to each other. And then hiding down here in the left corner... It's a little loath wolf. A loath wolf. Okay, here's a better look at the guy. Um, He looks like a Utapowan down here with his... Eye mask. Um, yeah. His got, face looks different in that one. Yeah. Freaking... I think it might be a different guy because this looks like a different group of Jedi. We've got now a blue Twi'lek um, a female, but she has a purple lightsaber. Um, Dagon. This looks like it's the same human, but we can't confirm because no lightsaber ignition. we got the... Uh, typically a musician. What are the... What are the Bith. Uh, Bith. That's right. And then this... I don't know what the species is here in the middle. It's green with horns. Yeah, that's a new one for me. Interesting. Uh, so, moving on from that, maybe we hopefully can, you can see that concept art. Um, but here's a description from uh, uh, from Charles Soule himself on Twitter, uh, kind of breaking down the cover of the book. Okay, It says, the cover to The Light of the Jedi, the novel that kicks off the massive new Star Wars initiative, The High Republic, a.k.a. Hashtag Project Luminous, 
It's the Jedi story I've been writing since I was six years old. Now, here's what's cool about that. When you're six, Jedi can do freaking anything. Right. So, obviously, we have our favorites, you know, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Luke, those people. Mm-hmm. But these Jedi have a an opportunity here to do something ridiculous. Right. So, hopefully, this is just off the chain. Okay, it says, yes, that is a Wookiee Jedi. His name is Briaga Agaburi, and he is wonderful. This is the first Wookiee I've ever seen have two names. Chewbacca, Tarful, all those guys. They all is that name. another one? No. Yeah, no. Yep. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I didn't think uh, about that. Uh, so maybe that's that's very cool. Is I think he's... the little Padawan Wookiee we had in the Clone Wars only had one <laughs> name as well. Yeah. Uh, so that I can think of, there's never been a Wookiee with two names, first and last. And then it says, mm-hmm. the lady in front is named Avar or Avar Chris. And that's the, the blonde young lady there with mm-hmm. the cool green lightsaber. And it says the other folks have names too, but you'll meet them later, more soon. And so Light of the Jedi, the novel by Charles Soule, is the first thing that we're going to get. And it's coming out on August 25th, I believe. Yep. And so super, super cool. Um, I'm super excited about it. And I love I love Star Wars novels. And so there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, I thought it was going to be a movie or a TV show. Um, but I'm all about the novels. Yeah. I'm all about it. Comics, all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. And here's one thing we're definitely going to talk about and speculate because sure. you and I, one of our favorite things to do is um, tons and tons and tons of times, Josiah and I have just like for, I don't know, half an hour sometimes just been like, what do you think about this? And yeah. that'll, you know, just tree branch out into a bunch of different things. So if we look at our fine master Wookiee, He's holding a lightsaber, has a cross guard, mm-hmm. but it's not a lightsaber like Kylo's There's cross no guard. Coming out it's, a, it's a purely metal cross guard. Um, we see this lightsaber held by a few other Jedi in the trailer. Um, right, or at least that style. It's very distinctive. I don't. It doesn't seem like something... If you're going to come up with something this special, you're not going to give it to everybody. I think right. it's going to be like a revisiting, kind of like a darksaber concept yeah. of this kind of just getting passed down. And something that I was informed of uh, by Josiah, would you like to share this bit of info about the lightsaber? Sure. Uh, so something that I heard, um, again, watching different videos and following up on uh, the announcement, it was weird because they didn't do a live stream of the announcement, so you pretty much were just listening to what other people who were invited said. But they said that basically when they were talking about this lightsaber specifically, uh, that it had a very much... Um, you know, there seems to be a certain level of prestige attached yeah, to this lightsaber. Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the sword. Um, the sword from Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, all those stories, is Excalibur. There you go. And they um, said that it was very much an Excalibur type weapon. Yeah. Now, what's weird about Excalibur that we were talking about is it's that it has certain magical properties. Yeah. Um, it was, and if you've watched, it's, you know, obviously different types of myths, different, right. you know, uh, attributions of, uh, you know, special powers or whatever. Um, but, you know, some say it can, like, kill dragons. Like, that's a special property of, of certain weapons, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, your dragon mythology. But, you know, regardless, if you're reading about Excalibur, there's some sort of special... There's something different uh, about There's it. some mystique yeah. surrounding it. There's some sort of mystery. There's some sort of legend attached to that weapon. Now, what's weird for me is what I, I know more about than Excalibur is the Elder Wand from Harry Potter. Right. And it's supposed to be the most powerful wand. Um, but... It's kind of like, 
it's up to the user how powerful it is or isn't. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Well, and it's like, to me, it also, uh, if we're going to use wand lore, the wand chooses the wizard, right? So it's like, we know that kyber crystals form a bond. That's what gives them their color now. Mm. Um, is there something about this lightsaber that's living that responds to certain Jedis, like one or right. the other? Like if there's just one per generation that can wield it. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right, right. Just when that... The word Excalibur gets thrown out. There's a lot of questions that follow. Sure, and maybe, maybe I guess it does lend to the fact that because they're saying that these are the Jedi that are similar to the Knights of the Round Table, mm-hmm. um, but Excalibur only responds to one owner. Yeah, only responds to Arthur. You know, he was the only one that could pull it out of the sword or out of the rock, rather. Um, so does this Jedi? Does this Jedi like? You know, is it a whoever holds this is now the Grand Master type of thing? Who knows? Right. Um, but that will be. Well, and you would think sick. if he was Grand Master, he'd be in the front, but maybe it's just like a little bit of deception. I don't know, dude. There's um, just so much going on. Yeah. And the robes look dope. The robes look very much like. It feels like maybe this is like a special group or something, because as far as I know, Golden Robes has never been part well, of Well, what they were saying was. I know the Temple Guardians kind of had Golden right. Robes. What they were saying during the event and what things that I've read and heard since then is that the golden attire is very much for those who are near the center of the Republic at this time. Gotcha. Um, so maybe this is like the robes of a council member. Right. Could be. Uh, something that was is later, because if you look at the cover for High Republic Adventures... Mm-hmm. Um, They've got kind they of more standardized Jedi robes. More out there, and something that was very interesting was uh, they said or that... In color. And all these Jedi here... They look more normal. Yeah, they're, they're more normal robes. But again, that's concept art, so who knows? Yeah. Um, something that was very interesting was they said that the Republic maybe isn't as large as we know it mm. from previous uh, history. And so the question is, um, they're saying the threat, the Nile, this, this new group of space Vikings that are mm-hmm. coming out, uh, maybe they're infringing on the edge of known Republic space. And so the response is... That the Jedi are sent out to the fringe, and so you have the Jedi that have kind of the golden look, which is what we've seen on the the cover of the novel that Charles Soule is writing. Uh, but there are other styles that are more. They were described as like Texas Rangers. That's what Pablo Hidalgo says right. in the trailer. So maybe those are the more rugged folks that are kind of yeah, you know, keeping folks in line. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's just so much to speculate about, so much to unpack. We're probably all going to be wrong. Um, <laughs> At least we have. At least now we're starting the. We have the podcast now, so we can actually go back and look and see either how wrong, or every how once in a right while, how right we are. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited about that. So that's the High Republic. Um, okay, so we've kind of broken down things that we know. Yeah, but let's really the, get crazy with here, it. Okay, the last big question we haven't okay. even breathed at. Where's Yoda? He's yes. 800 years old when he dies. He's 900 uh, years old. 900, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Return of the Jedi. Uh, when 900 years old, you look. Correct. Or you are. Look this good. Um, that means he was at, at least like 650, 700 at this, at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so is he already on the Jedi Council? Is he already Grandmaster Jedi? I mean, you think... I don't um, think he would be Grandmaster... He's 750 years old, though. Or six, yeah, six, I mean, I, I can mean, like, see He's it. been around for a very long time. He's yeah. obviously going to be incredibly powerful. Dude, think he about this He probably hasn't line. picked up his gaffy stick yet. Think about this gaffy His gimmer stick, I think is what they call it. <laughs> gaffy sticks is... I know, uh, it's uh, uh, 
think about this. <clears throat> in episode two, three? I'm pretty sure they call it a gamer stick. Sorry, I'm still coming. Um, Yoda tells Mace Windu, I think it's, no, uh, Mace Windu says to Yoda, I think it's time that we alert the Senate that our ability to use the Force has lessened. Mm. So they know that they're capable of more. So if we do get Yoda, he is going to be off the chain. Right. Well, and I think he's saying that more in reference to the Shroud of the Dark Side. Right. Because that's something that they haven't encountered in, in several generations of Jedi. Yeah. You know what I mean? For them, the Sith was an eliminated adversary as far as right. they knew. And also, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Not to jump away from Yoda, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting question to wonder, are there going to be... Okay, so Darth Bane says up the rule of two. Right. And we know that these, like, space hobo, Viking, crazy folks are the, the Nile. They're the ones that are coming in and really messing stuff up. But I wonder if somehow uh, Sith will be behind the wheel. And here's the thing. Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. No, I understand what you're is saying. Is that maybe he just never gets caught or she never gets caught or whatever. Right. It would be cool to have a Darkseid character in there well, that is like, you know, yeah. Moriarty that never gets busted. Yeah. Because when, when Darth Maul and eventually Darth Sidious are talked about in The Phantom Menace, it says it's the first uh, it's the first Sith they've dealt with for a millennia, which mm-hmm. is a thousand years. Mm-hmm. So even before this, it's been 800 years. Yeah, but there's still that, you know, line of Jedi going all the or sorry, Sith going all the way back to Bane. You know what right. I mean? And so, so they're for sure, they're out there. Yeah. Well, and we know it's not canon, but conceptually... I'm pretty sure this would be something that'd be foolish to throw out, um, is that Bane has this vast network, you know, yeah. of uh, both resources and contacts, and he's constantly inciting things for the Republic to deal with just to keep their attention off of him. Right. Um, and and that's very much a Darth Plagueis thing to do right. as well. Well, it's like, it looks like that's something that was also passed on the responsibility of manipulating this network. Right. Um, because to be able to do as much as they do and to be able to do it without actually being noticed implies a great amount of resources and yeah. a great amount of um, social power. Yeah. In control. And so it would be very cool to me if, you know, they would build all this up and then at the end, uh, mind blown. You know, we see that Sith Masters have been pulling the strings behind the scenes all yeah. this time. And what's so beautiful about a book is that you can have, uh, you know, in a movie, you can't portray emotions other than the acting. Exactly. And things like that. So in a book, you can totally have... Uh, the, those introspective moments or, you, can have a, you know, a, side thoughts. You know, you can have somebody that's... You're even reading about the Sith that are mm-hmm. pulling the strings... Um, and so, I don't know, just some cool, some cool thoughts yeah. there. Uh, so, man, it's crazy because we're kind of, it's brand new, but there's mm-hmm. enough there that we're a little fenced in, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're not going to see the Chiss because they're brand new. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see, they can't fight the Sith head on because they're brand new. Mm-hmm. And we're too far, it's not far enough back to be the to old see Republic. see the old Republic Jedi or Sith, yeah. So, it's very interesting. Smart move because this era... Wide open. Yeah, hasn't been approached at all. Wide there open. was only like forever ago and now, basically. Yep. yep. Um, so it's very interesting. So Light of the Jedi comes out August twenty fifth, and they've said we're going to get a lot of more, a lot more of information mm-hmm. between now and then, and yep. so maybe they'll talk about what are the intentions of because these these space Vikings, 
something that's very, you know, known history, known lore about the Vikings is that they were just professional pillagers. Right. Well, and they, they would just go and they'd have the faster and they ship literally. Yeah. And they were just all about if you want it and I want it, he's I'm like, taking it. It's Rocket know? Raccoon. He's like, doesn't track. I want it more. Yeah. It's mine now. Yeah. You know? So, um, uh, well, and that would make sense if the Republic is smaller. And they're supposed to be Vikings. Vikings conquest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a real threat to the Republic that's trying to build, trying to establish sure. you know, a wider range of order. Vikings is kind of like the perfect group. And I wonder what they're... It's kind of weird because Vikings are like, we're doing it because we're doing it. I just want to know right. what's the bigger picture. You know, for the Jedi, it's peace for everyone in the galaxy. Yeah. But for, the, for these Nile, is it... Are they trying to take over? Right. Or is there a corner of space that they want? And Charles Soule said there's going to be something called the Great... Um, Disappointment? The Great it? Disaster. Okay. And that just opens up, Yeah, you know, kind of where we start. So, who even knows? Dude. Well, and it's like, you know, we know conceptually from the Clone Wars especially, where we see those, uh, like, the perfect epitome of luminous beings... Uh, to use Yoda's phraseology, uh, basically the embodiment of the light side, the dark side, and the balance, and the father. And so we kind of understand from that that for every... <laughs> Sorry, that's our timer. For every uh, good thing that's going on, the dark side's pulling strings through people, not even force users necessarily, to try and either assert dominance mm. or make sure that the light doesn't get too strong. Right. Um, so I'm interested to see if they incorporate that ideology at all. Yeah. These guys might be the super bads, but then they end up being pawns. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I think part of this is we're having a hard time wrapping our mind around the fact that there's a bad guy that is the main group of villains that doesn't have a dark side user pulling the strings. Yeah. It's just that's been Star Wars forever. Yeah. And so it's very interesting. So new stuff coming up. So... The High Republic, it's brand new, it's coming out, information's coming out all the time, and so um, now especially that we're utilizing Instagram and YouTube to do more than just the weekly podcast, as as information comes out, we want to get that to you guys, um, but I think that concludes our episode for this week. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's more than what we even so, really have. <laughs> Project Luminous was unveiled, Yeah, the High Republic, and uh, information's coming out. And even if nothing else yeah, comes out, I'm stoked. It's March, and we only have April, May, June, July to wait. Yeah, less and than then August. Weeks. Yeah, so it's gonna be exciting. So we'll see you guys next time. May the force be with you. And remember, the only family you have here is me. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. What's up, guys? Hey, we hope you liked this episode of the Chiss Ascendancy. If you enjoyed it, please like this video, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know when you get a new video, and then also follow us on Instagram at Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. You can also find an audio-only version on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Chiss Ascendancy. We'll see you next time.